and welcome to another episode of Cavell Cloud Conversations and Happy New Year to all of our listeners. Uh, once again, I am Finbar Begley, Senior Research Analyst at the Cavell Group, being joined here by my colleague, Patrick. Patrick, say hello. Hello. Good morning, everyone. Are we are we a bit too far into January to say happy? I mean, I do wish everyone a happy new year, but I think have we missed the boat on that. I feel like no one knows exactly what date we're recording this on. You and I do, but it could actually be like the first week in, in January. Um, yeah. We also don't know when people are going to listen to this. So they may be listening to it in February. So I think we're out on the boat on that one anyway. So we may as well just embrace the spirit of the new year, you know, and be, yes. be jubilant. Also, you know, Chinese New Year hasn't happened yet. So, you know. No, very good. Still, very good point. Still, yeah. plenty of time for New Year's New Year's wishes for everyone. Yes, oh, well, and I do wish everyone a happy New Year. So I echo your your sentiment there. Any fun resolutions? You're already living quite um, a healthy life, so. Uh, no, well, I did. I did tell you as we were sort of chatting about the podcast before. We did. We did myself and my partner attempt dry January, which lasted until the fifth of January. Um, so, so that was rather unsuccessful. But no, no. Okay, for our no foreign listeners, four days in the UK is quite a good record for Jai January. Usually, it <laughs> yes. doesn't make it that long. So you know, I think that's quite a, a commendable attempt. Yeah, we we tried, but no, no, no particular, no particular uh, resolutions. What about you? Anything on the Finbar side? Mine is just to avoid Deliveroo. As okay, I mean, in London, it's hard, right? Because Deliveroo is there's so much. T- good good food on there and there's so much different types of food um but let's just say that i looked back at the amount of delivery i ordered last year and it was uh too much both from a <laughs> health perspective and from a money perspective um, yeah. so then the, the resolution for the new year is just less delivery more actual just cooking um the yes. new motto for the new year is not every meal has to be special um okay it is okay, okay to just eat you know pasta and tuna and sweet corn or something I don't know, yes. you know something boring right it's okay to just have that and it doesn't have to be a sensation because you know i love to cook but it, it if i cook too complicated then i'm too tired to do it and you know yeah not every day can be a, a feast so, exactly yeah, yeah so i think that's i think that's a good goal yeah yes. not, not exactly cloud related but you know um no not for, that's no, fine. yeah yeah, yeah. But, of course, the subject of our podcast today and the reason that everyone is, of course, here to listen to us is to hear some cloud predictions for this year. Uh, Patrick is going to obviously give you some comms predictions and I'm going to give you some network predictions. Um, And we're going to keep things kind of spicy and fun. So I guess putting you straight on the spot, Patrick, give us a little starting prediction for the year. Um, well, I think um, let's start on a slightly depressing note. Um, start as we mean to go on. I think the, the sort of wider economic climate uh, is it, going to cause some challenges and particularly within tech. And I think we've already seen this in the sort of uh, impact on the share prices of a lot of those cloud comms, cloud contact center providers and, and technology providers more generally. Um, but I think effectively, what that might mean in a sort of tangible perspective is we see, and this this has already been mentioned before, but this sort of drive towards profitability, um, because ultimately that becomes much more important within a sort of 
recession or an economic downturn. So we will probably see that. And we've seen obviously quite large layoffs and cutbacks, a lot of the major Mm -hmm. technology vendors. So unfortunately, that will probably that sort of streamlining horrible business jargony term for that when it's actually people that are affected will will probably continue. We'll probably continue to see that sort of fall in valuations. But a lot of those businesses that might have been more focused on effectively land grabbing by very quickly expanding into territories with very effective marketing will probably focus a bit more on the the profitability side rather than the the sort of overall revenue generation side so i think that's that's probably i I thought i'd get get the depressing note out of the way but i think this sort of wider economic climate is going to continue to have a quite a big impact on the on the tech firms and cloud comms and uh, contact center as well customer experience related software is obviously not uh, exempt from that yeah and i think it's important to say that i'm saying that seeing the same thing from the networking side and to an extent the security side as well i mean one of the things that's important to remember about cloud is that while there are a lot of companies that have moved to the cloud and will find it easier to change their services because they have a box that can handle two different kinds of service they can swap it to one that's cheaper maybe replace the software on the box and it works fine right but a lot of people aren't there yet in their journey they still have a lot of physical hardware they're contemplating changing and the fact is we are into that stage um with the way the economy is now of, of very hard discussions where people and companies are talking about not changing because their current solution works and it's more expensive to change or as you said i mean there is a real people cost um, there where you're looking at the salaries of the people you're paying to maintain the current system and saying actually if i move to cloud i could cut those jobs and and make make savings in that regard so there's a lot of yeah. we'll say realistic hard economics going into the cloud right now where a lot of people are going to say i'm going to delay my transformation because that's a lot of money to spend it might not work yeah. you know a lot of them fail um and my current system works fine and there's a lot of other people who are going to be like, okay, well, can I throw out that box and just put in this software system that's going to cost me $10 a head or whatever, and, and you know, it'll manage itself and, and we'll move on in that way. So um, it's definitely, I don't know, it's shaping up to be an interesting 2023. A lot of, I find yeah. that, because to put a, put a bit of a positive spin, we are, you know, a positive group of people, you know, when these sort of economic climates hit, it forces people to become a lot more realistic with what they're selling and a yeah. lot more focused on what they're selling because sales get a lot harder. And Absolutely. this is when yeah. we start to see the codification of, you know, MVP, minimum viable product offerings, of specific packages that don't have all the bells and whistles. They have specifically what people need, you know, and you start to see those ideas of what the basic product is what the basic services really get sort of narrowed down and i know in certainly my side of the shop on the cloud networking side of things and the cloud security side of things there are all of these products that fall under sd-wan sassy all of these huge acronyms and everyone's been saying okay but what are people actually buying what's the minimum product that people are going to take away and if anything it's going to force these companies to actually sit down and say this is what our customers want this is what a company of this size wants they're not going to buy everything it's going to be this kind of economic climate so you know there are some positives there in terms of yeah that's interesting and i think the area that might be because one of the things you generally see within an economic downturn is 
that a lot of those sort of tertiary areas are cut back or streamlined and a real focus is putting on it is put on anything that drives revenue and profit so i think the area of customer experience and all and contact center and cloud contact centers may be slightly more resilient to that mm. because effectively if you're investing in that and driving more sales that ultimately becomes a, a really important factor within a within sort of a challenging wider economic climb so we might you're right there might be certain areas that are slightly more resilient because of the the sort of benefit they they bring the business so there's there's it, you're right it's going to be interesting i think it's going to be a challenge but there are definitely um areas that that will have more positives uh, from that yeah absolutely i think it, it can't all be all be doom and gloom it's certainly not all doom and gloom here um we are very positive about lots of things this year um, I'm quite positive about a lot of automation coming into the cloud networking space. We saw a lot of development towards that with a lot of uh, the larger cloud networking companies focusing on automation and automated analytics, um, something which I think is 100% going to continue. Um, it just, you know, it just feels that we're reaching a good point with that technology where the automated systems are able to see more, do more, um, communicate better, um, which leads to I would just say a network that runs smoother um, and yeah. just is a bit more interesting. Um, are you seeing more automation on the cloud comms front, or? Yeah, I mean, it's, there's but there's probably there's probably less relevance in terms of automation directly within a UCAS platform, for example, than there is in a network. And I remember reading or, or and talking to you about the sort of self-healing networks piece, mm. and obviously that is incredibly relevant. I think what we'll see more. The, the automation, I think, how it integrates into UCAS or contact center is probably in the links between the different software systems mm. that businesses use within their technology estate. So trying to automate information across a UC system, across a CRM system, across a, an ERP, an MRP system. Uh, and I think there is there is definitely scope for more automation, you know, reduction of data entry, all of those sort of areas across. But I think it's more a wider ecosystem piece in terms of the integration between between different systems rather than necessarily within a within uh within UCAS platforms or, or i suppose within collaboration there's a, a little bit more scope for automation but i think it's probably it's more limited i think than on the than on the network side it would have to be better automation between different systems i think okay well if it's not automation then what do you think some of the big features we're going to see coming into cloud comms are this year is it going to be avatars are we doing our next podcast with microsoft teams <laughs> avatars instead of our faces Yes, well, we well at some point we uh, we will do that because that will. I've actually I've seen. No, hundred percent. People in, don't need to see it, this. They need to see. Yeah, it would. You know, no, cleanly no. sculpted. And, uh, you can have hair. I'll have yeah, a exactly. handlebar yeah. mustache. Yeah. You know, it'll be fine. Yeah. Well, we yeah we talked about that before. I mean, I can't wait until my avatar can have it. I've actually seen on the Microsoft Teams side. I've seen the um, the avatars because I was on a couple of calls with customers. I believe it was in it was in private beta, so certain large Teams customers had access to that. So we, we probably will be doing that. I think how 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 much sort of um, productivity and efficiency that is going to gain an audience this year. And obviously, we're talking about sort of the challenging climate and 
what's going to drive you know additional streamlining and productivity and i'm not sure it's yet the the realms of virtual reality i don't think we're quite there yet. i don't think the business landscape is quite ready or has quite considered how using mixed reality is going to going to help their business drive efficiency or productivity but I think I, th- I think you're right. I think the automation is a fair point. I think it will be interesting again. And to to your point before, we will probably see uh, a considerable amount of offerings where we see a stripped down version mm. of particular products, where it is, you know, just the core functionality being included within bundles, with a lot of those sort of um, cursory additional functions. Uh, removed to try and offer businesses you know a sort of slightly cheaper more manageable Mm. product only requiring what they need so I think I I think you're right I think we'll probably see automation and additional sort of actual you know minimum viable product areas as well in terms of sort of stripping that down though the mixed reality thing is is just to return to that for a second because if you think about one of the earliest discussions we had on this podcast was talking about streamlining the different types of personas and how they communicate at your company right and we've talked about there's been a lot of research done to this over the past two years about camera fatigue and introverts and how they deal with being on camera um, at certain times of the day or or those kind of things and that's one of the areas where i think a lot of people are, are laughing about avatars because they themselves are extroverted people and they don't feel the need to replace their camera with a digital version of themselves but if we draw from the consumer world one of the reasons that vtubing you know what vtubing is don't you or maybe you don't but for those of you aren't aware it's where a streamer rather than having their their actual face and their actual um you know body on camera uh they have a motion capture program that maps their movements onto a virtual avatar um if there's old people listening to this basically they have a fake character that is a cartoon or something like that on their stream instead of their face and it's set up in a way that it can still convey their emotions so when they smile on into their camera uh the avatar smiles and that's an option for them to basically participate in the ecosystem without um actually revealing too much about themselves or or showing themselves off now obviously there are there are benefits to that in terms of you know trans people people who just are sick or have problems with the way they look or all these kind of things that they could make a stress-free image of themselves you know that people can interact with but also just from the perspective of introverted versus extroverted people sometimes some people get exhausted being on a camera and other people don't care right and if you're one of those people listening to this being like it's just a camera that's not a big deal then we're not talking about you um but i'm sure there are people um in larger companies especially who would feel much i say more relaxed about not having that scrutiny on themselves and just having that virtual well it's probably why microsoft is developing it but i feel like the impact of that on some people is going to be can't be overestimated no, no, you're right. That's a, that's a very good point. And I suppose ultimately, if that leads to greater inclusivity, and you get if you get a, even a very marginal improvement in you know the productivity or the communication of an individual who'd be more comfortable yeah. not appearing as their physical selves, then it's of a benefit to a business. So you're right. That's a, that's a very good point, actually, in terms yeah. of 
you know, it's not it's not a complete gimmick. There are real world use cases for why this w- would be beneficial to individuals and an organisation as a as a whole. Yeah, I mean, it's a so- it's a new social thing. There will be people taking the piss. Does your employee have to have cat ears on their avatar? Maybe not, but potentially ask them why it's so important to them before you tell them no. Right, I'm just putting that out there. If someone says I want this weird thing on my avatar, don't just shut it down you know use that to have a conversation about why they're so insistent that they have it if they are taking the piss as we say um extracting the michael um then <laughs> you know obviously you're gonna have to put some some guidelines down but it it is an opportunity i guess for creativity and flexibility anyway so that's yeah. a sideline like if they add that feature i think that would be an interesting prediction my prediction is if avatars come out in 2023 i think they will actually be wildly popular um, yes, I, I agree. I think it'll be e- e- even if it, it is a it, you know a lot of people just want to experiment with it. I I, I agree. I think it'll be. Um, I think a lot of people will start using it as a joke. Yes, and then they'll realise how how more comfortable it is not being on camera themselves, and and then they'll just start to use it more often. I think that's how a lot of people will adopt it. There'll be some people who are just like, perfect, I can do this now, you know. You know, I can do whatever I want. That's good. But I think there'll be other people who just do it as a bit of a joke and then and then get into it a bit more. Yeah. Yeah, that's a bit, that's a bit, yeah, that's a that's a fair point. I, I, you're right. I think it, I think it will go live this year because as I said, it's I've seen it in in private testing and it was yeah. it worked. Yeah. Although the, the sort of gesture functionality was limited, but I think that will improve and I think we will see it this year. So it will be interesting yeah. to see what the even even if Cavell internally, you know, the small sample size of how we use it, I think that will be that will be quite interesting. I mean, the majority of our research is based on how we perceive technologies, right? Because we have yeah. everyone at our company. You know, we have older people, we have very young people, we have people in their early twenties. You know, and whether something is hip or cool with them is often a, a factor in in how we think it'll take off. So you know. I'm just saying, um, if your product does not appeal to a 22-year-old someone from South London, then it's not getting a positive review from the Cavell group. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll have to we'll have to note the the sort of uptake and usage across Cavell internally. So. Yeah, exactly. It's a very important metric. Um, so we've talked about economic downturn. Good. We talked about recessions. We've talked about virtual avatars automation what other predictions do we have for 2023 um well well i think just on the on the sort of telephony side i think one of the areas that is potentially going to be really big in 2023 is the the mobility element Mm. and the mobile uc element we've obviously we've seen webex go uh, which is Cisco's offering, and Teams Phone Mobile as well, which is effectively a, an FMC solution within Teams that will allow a user to have a, a mobile phone and number assigned to their Teams account and make calls over the mobile network if they're not on uh, on on data or on Wi-Fi. And I think that is going to be pretty big. We've got some forecasts in our data model in terms of how that looks, but I think. The solution for Team Phone Mobile, anyway, only went live with two providers at the end of 2022. So it'll be really awesome interesting. To see. Yeah, it, it, it really is. And it'll be really interesting to see what that uptake looks like from the providers over 2023, how much traction there is. And also, I think, and I've spoken to pretty much all of the providers that 
have a solution out immediately and are going to have a solution out. And at the moment, the sort of Teams phone mobile proposition, as with most of the, the Teams telephony options, is targeted at larger enterprises because ultimately larger enterprises are more likely to use collaboration as a starting point and therefore integrate telephony into it. Mm. But I think the, the the mobility element potentially has much wider traction in, in smaller businesses as well. So it'll be, it'll be really interesting to see if a lot of small businesses that haven't necessarily seen the benefits of collaboration initially will think, oh, actually all of our engineers do use mobile phones. So maybe we have a Teams account so we can communicate securely on the enterprise network. It's all managed, all those benefits of a mm. you know business-grade collaboration platform. And use because they're all out on the road, they'll be able to use the mobile network to, to make calls. So I think it's particularly interesting just to see how that goes in 2023 and to which segments of the market it, it sort of comes down to as well. I'm yeah. particularly interested to see how that runs. Similarly, I have my eye on secure access and other sort of security solutions for these remote yeah. traveling workers. Um, I think, as you say, we're kind of in a situation where a question is being asked of small businesses as these employees start to work more remotely, in which is, what is your risk appetite for security? Um, what yeah. is your risk appetite for these remote workers and what are you willing to do about that, right? And I feel like so, so the technology these people need is kind of too expensive at the moment um, yeah. in terms of remote access solutions, but it kind of ties into what we were saying earlier about trying to figure out what the cheap, um, cheerful version for SMEs is. Um, so I think we're going to we're gonna see, e even in this climate, a certain number of SMEs especially the mid-range of companies starting to pay a lot more attention to remote worker security and how that kind of works. And I think that's kind of the big question then is how much does that penetrate into the market? Because if yes, all of these people yeah. are using Teams, they're trying to collect, connect securely, making calls securely, they're using their mobile and their laptop as the two main points of work, you know, does that mean they need a VPN antivirus to beneath something more something more specialized um managed by their corporate security and then also yeah, it, of interest yeah. to me just because i always find those areas the most interesting in security is you know with a lot of these people using their own devices you know where is that balance coming in in terms of corporate control over the device to make sure it's secure versus individual yeah. usage there's a lot to be worked out i think yeah, I, 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 I would agree with that. And I think as well, we have to sort of acknowledge that we are effectively these defined sort of hybrid workforce strategies are are only just being fully defined. We obviously, I hate talking about, we had the pandemic, we had this rush to enable this. Mm. Then we had this almost pushback where everyone's like, oh, everyone come back in the office. And now we're realizing that it's going to have to be some sort of halfway house in between the two. So a lot of these large enterprises and, and small businesses are having to actually now fully define what this looks like. And I think a lot of the strategies across, you know, communication and collaboration and security and access are only just being defined. So, so you're right. I think 
this year could be a year when we see people think, oh, well, actually, we've had them connecting remotely over whatever you know service they're using for their home broadband. We don't manage, we don't have any mobile device management on their devices. Actually, this is this is going to be here to to stay for yeah. you know however long. We and are going to have to look to define this a bit more and set up a proper product set. So I think I think that's a that's a fair point. And there well. will be a load of companies that are too small to afford it, and the bigger companies to yeah. an extent do have an answer for this, and they have had for a while. But there is that still that huge mid range of SME to you know, smaller enterprise that hasn't solved this problem. They haven't found a solution that works for them. It's either takes too many security people to deploy or it needs skills to run they don't yeah. have, or they haven't really been as cognizant of the threat before. Um, but, you know, we were talking about chat GBT, GPT earlier. We were talking about OpenAI. Yeah. One of the big concerns about OpenAI at the moment is that someone has figured out how to make OpenAI write phishing emails and emails yeah. with malicious links in, right? If someone could make an AI program, if they can put in one line of, of description and get back, you know, 50 phishing emails and use that to multiply their time and the amount of emails they can send out phishing um, or with malicious links in, then the cost of running a phishing attack or a malicious link attack, which is already not that expensive, you know, yeah. when I checked it a few years ago, it was 400 pounds got you 50,000 emails, you know, which meant if one person responded, you'd make 20 times your money because you'd ask them for 20 grand or something, you know, but yeah. my point is it was already cheap and it seems to be getting cheaper. And yeah, People, yeah, that, that is a that is a worrying point. The sort of know, nefarious use of these platforms. It's yeah. Well, that's a whole discussion for another day. But the reason I wanted to highlight is just security is getting more wide. Like it just continues to ramp, and small companies aren't aren't immune to it. No, no. Very it's good point. just about figuring out what their risk versus how much they're willing to pay is, and I think that's a question that we might start to answer this year a bit more you know because the cloud is theoretically yeah. the answer because the solutions can be provided cheaper to more people in a multi-tenanted environment they shouldn't need to cost as much as they do um but the price is still quite high for a lot of cloud-based security solutions so you know there's still a lot of questions out there yeah, and, and I suppose coming back to our depressing starting point, you know, the cost of a breach or whatever is going to be felt even more heavily if, you know, you're in a wider sort of negative economic climate. So, and, and security, and I know you know this from discussions, you know, over the years, that it tends to often be, uh, you know, a retrospective when something goes wrong someone's like oh well, we should have we should ramp up the security for the future but it is one of those things that really needs to be thought about preemptively and maybe the sort of ramping up of potential security threats and the sort of proportional economic cost it might have to a business will encourage a bit more forethought on the on the security and prevention side of things yeah exactly and i mean i'm sure we've both worked in small businesses where the security plan was here's a hard backup that we do once every two or three days. Yeah. And if we lose two or three days work, that's not such a big deal, <laughs> you know, because we've got... Get it, on the get it on tape, backup, yeah. Because we have 20 years worth of work stored on that drive. So if you lose two days, it's not that much of a big deal. 
you know the emails are in the cloud so really you're just talking about two days of writing and stuff like that so yeah. w what was the cheapest solution it was to have a hardware backup in the in the office and just do it every two days and hope it doesn't get corrupted by a crypto uh ransomware yes, yeah. program and it didn't and the one time we had a crypt a ransomware attack it didn't hit the backup and then we just restored it from backup and everyone was like oh i have to write that thing again great but we moved we moved it was fine you know <laughs> yeah so there we go right i think that is lots of predictions to get you all started with your thoughts for 2022 obviously we have a lot more predictions um and thoughts about the gear i think we are currently writing a cavell wide article which has all of our different predictions from consultants and analysts and everyone really in one nice big piece for you all to read and chew on so look out for that on our social media channels um on linkedin those kind of things if you're not following cavell group on linkedin i really do suggest it it will show you all of our events content things we're talking about predictions analyst discussions all those kind of things so i really would recommend it um also you know just to plug other things that are going on um we have the cavell cloudcom summit which is our annual large event in london usually having um you know at least 300 people from cloud service providers um technology vendors and of course us as analysts it's um i think two days this year of talking and um you know thoughts and all the great stuff really on the cloud comms front with a few more interesting topics spice, spiced in there on networking and security and other things like that as well to get your mind racing the tickets are reasonably priced um if you are a service provider the tickets are especially reasonably priced and you should definitely consider coming along uh patrick is there anything else interesting you want to talk about in the cloud Cobb Summit. What else? Why else should they come? I think the so yeah, eighth of March. It's in it's in central London, um, and I think the the sort of the piece that we often get the best feedback about, apart from the the great schedule of content, and both you and I will be on stage at various points. So we should. Uh, should oh no no, the, the the content is fantastic, right? Yeah, absolutely fantastic, featuring me and Patrick and many yes, others. Of course, and we also yeah, have our um, our gala dinner. Um, with yes. to, to be announced keynote speaker who will be very interesting yes that that always goes down very well but i was, I was going to mention as well i think and i know the bit that both you and i find very valuable is the networking side you know we bring together you know all the key communications technology vendors and a lot of the key service providers who are leading in effectively the thought leadership space in this area so i think in terms of a, a sort of mutual learning and networking uh, event it is it is one not to be missed so yeah that's a very good plug that's 8th of march in uh, in central london so yeah do do look at the tickets for that yeah i think the event because we obviously had to go online during covid but it really did come back with um sort of a burst last year um and it i mean i mean we had 200 i think 240 people or something even yeah. last march so people were really keen to get back in person meet colleagues from the industry and 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 have those discussions and we're expecting very much the same you know we really do get a good crowd um you know service providers people 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 yeah. you want to network with and us right yeah. <laughs> it's people you want yes. to network with and us you come for our insights you come to talk to them and everyone has a really good time um so yeah that's our event it's going to be fantastic um 
as always we have been patrick and finbar cavell cloud conversations please do like and share this podcast with anyone you think might find it interesting we aim to and usually do get out a podcast every two weeks talking about the latest in both the cloud communications and the cloud networking cloud security um, and cloud in general um, as well as just general technology happenings and trends and things like that uh, because we like to be interesting and we're nerds we like to talk about technology so if that sounds like something you want to hear feel free to subscribe to this podcast and do tell your friends. Thank you very much for listening and we'll talk to you all soon.